Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It says, verse 1, finally, brethren, pray for us. Now, remember, this is the Apostle Paul writing, so he's talking about us as in him and other ministers that he works with. Uh, that the word of God, of the Lord, have free course and be glorified, even it is, as it is with you. Verse 2 says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not the faith. That means not all men are saved. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. I'm going to say that again. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And this is the confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we have commanded you. And lastly, verse 5 says, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. His return. The title of the message this morning is called, The Lord is Faithful. The Lord is Faithful, church. I'm going to say it one more time. The Lord is Faithful. And if y'all are wondering, yes, I did put Hezekiah in there, yeah. I told my wife, I said, you know what, I can't. I'll make him, I'm going to put Hezekiah in there. <laughs> It was just a good picture. What I'm trying to say is the title, The Lord is Faithful. How many of y'all know that God is a father? The Bible says that he's a father to the fatherless. This is why it's important. Dads, be the father that God has called you to be to your children. Be the husband that God has called you to lead your wife. Amen. And this is that, that, that point. I want us to see the faithfulness of God through the lens of a father. And that's why I chose Jacob and uh, his son right over there. That's God. You see it, buddy? You see it? You see yourself? That's you, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> he says it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So the word for faithful in the Strong's, it simply means this, to be trustworthy. Well, that's powerful, huh? See, people that would say, well, there's a faithful member of our church. That means they come every Sunday, right? But then another articulation for that same character trait can also be attributed to their trustworthiness. If I find a person who, let's say I owned a bank and I'm hiring Taylor. Oh, come on, somebody. Sister Liz. And we need some good, trustworthy tellers. Amen. Because <laughs> they're fooling through ones, fives, tens, twenties, hundreds all day long. Any employer, better yet. You want a trustworthy employee that's not going to steal from the deposit in the safe. Right? So when we look at the word faithful for the Greek, it's coincided to not just say come to church every Sunday, but this person who comes every Sunday, I could say I could also trust them with the deposit for the collection. But trustworthiness and faithfulness, two of the same uh, portions of the word to be defined in the Greek, it says of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, execution of commands like the military or the discharge of official duties. One who has kept his plighted faith worthy of trust. And lastly, that can be relied upon. Um, 
my dad would always tell me that I needed to be a man of my word. So I don't know about dads in this house or I don't know about you who knew of your dad, but my dad here had always told me that this was an important construct of your character is if you say you're going to do something, hear me, you best make sure that we do it. You follow? If you, no matter who you are, if you say ABC, one, two, three, will you make sure that you do ABC, one, two, three? Because the person you spoke that to, upon the completion of that task, recognizing that you did what you said you would do. A great counter example is a politician. Vote for me and I'll do this. Vote for me and I'll do that. This will be done and that'll be done. Cha-ching, vote done, got in the office, collect his check. Everything is still the same. Don't be like politicians. Be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he said this, and this stuck with me. He said, you are known by your word, whether good or bad, to be either trustworthy or not. So if I told somebody I will do something, that actually is attributed to my character whether I follow through or not. I don't think you understand very strongly of how intensely important that part of our lives is. But what's great about God is when he speaks, it happens. Listen to what I'm saying. When God said, let there be light, it just happened. When God said, let the fish fill the sea, guess what? Fish be popping out the sea. When God, he's a creator, hear me. When the words come out, that's how faithful our God is, trustworthy, because God just speaks and it happens. You're going to find not in my notes, but hear me, church. There was a centurion man who had a sick child who said, Jesus, I would love for you to come to my house. I have a sick child. Well, one thing happened to another all the way on the route. He says, you know what? I tell you what, you're, I'm not even worthy that Jesus, you would come to my house. Even though my wife made some good homemade bread, I'd give it to you. But I'm not worthy for you to step into my house. But if you just say the word Jesus, hear me. If you just say the word, I know that my child will live. And listen, this man wasn't even an Israelite. If you know that what we're talking about, these are the chosen people of God to the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. Here's a Roman centurion soldier, the enemy of the people who is actually has more faith. And this is what he said. Listen, Jesus turned around and looked at all of the people and said, I've never seen so great a faith in all of Israel than from this man, a Gentile. And as we know the story, she got healed. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is worthy to be trusted with your need. The only problem with our trust with God is directly correlated to the answer he gives that we don't expect or want. I hope y'all caught that because I don't know if I could repeat it. <laughs> the, problem of your rep, the problem of your perception or God's reputation in your mind of who he is is because the answers he gives you may not line up with the answers you're expecting or wanting. So yes, he fulfills the need, but it's not in the way that you want. Case in point, Jesus himself came to, uh, to bleed and die. The whole mission was for him to die for our sins. And yet we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane sweating blood to the point of so much stress that the blood 
uh, 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 vessels in his forehead were bursting and it was causing blood to seep out of his sweat glands. And it was, that's the most intense stress that you can uh, come across. And Jesus was experiencing this. And even he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, let my, let your will be done. Talking to the father, Jesus understood that even though it might not be the way we want God, the father has the best plan. Amen. All right. So reputations are built and destroyed by whether or not we are faithful or trustworthy. I would like us to take a glance at verse three of the text that we just read. I have a couple of points. Look at verses three. I have underlined, if you see it on the screen, who shall, and now the King James, it says established with this goes back to language. Okay. Back in 1611, they didn't add the E, but it's established. There's a lot of words that spell differently, but I'll, I'll pronounce the same like show. It's S-H-E-W in the King James, old King James, but it's show. Um, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. This is what I want to tell you, church, about the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of God. Is that if God saves a man, he saves a man. If God heals a woman, he heals a woman. When God puts his hand in it, honey, it's all the way. Listen to what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that God's faithfulness and trustworthiness is exhibited in the fact that when he saves you, he equips you, he delivers you, he pursues you, he brings you out of bondage. It's the works. It's either none or all. There's no option to get the deluxe wash at the car wash. You got to go all the way to the bottom, get the most expensive. God will deliver you all the way. I want y'all to see this. Number one, God first establishes us. That's salvation. When you come to Christ, forgive me of my sin, God. I am wretched and undone. Wash me, cleanse me, make me a child of God. According to John chapter three, I want to be born again. That's an establishment. Yes, that's number one. Now watch number two. If you notice, it says he keeps us from. I don't know about y'all, but that's some good stuff right there. Because I do genuinely want someone to look at me. That is a true Christian. He's not a fake. He's not a hypocrite. Y'all know the people, right? And I say, church, we got to make sure that we are clean and of our conscience human. Yes, we do make mistakes. That's understandable. But are you pursuing that target? Is your crosshairs lined up with a bullseye that you might have missed that Monday morning? So oftentimes our church people say, well, we're too human. So what are we going to do? We're just going to waste ammunition over here. You see, your life needs to be at least say, God, I pointed to the mark of the high calling. But when I missed it, Lord, you said in your word that I have an advocate with a father and his name is Jesus. Come on, church. Hallelujah. He keeps us from evil. And it, the problem with the church today, they're hearing the serpent say, did God really say that? You're just human. I don't know about y'all, but when God saves me, he washed me clean. He made my face look different. Y'all say, what did he just say? I'm going to say it again. He made me look different. I ain't talking about the outfit that I wore. Not many of you are my size anymore. <laughs> Busted through a shirt the other day. That's my confession. Lord, forgive me working on that. But he changed my face. Listen, when I called out to God and I'm telling you, it was a, it was a radical experience that I felt his presence come in. 
uh, the free songs come straight up the neck and I feel my hair stand up when the presence of God surrounded me with a broken heart and I was undone. And I'm telling you, as the day is long, uh, I, God set this up because my license expired. Brother Mason, I went to the DMV, took about an hour and a half, but I got a new mugshot and I had the old mugshot. And listen to what I'm telling you. I still have it on my computer and I see it every so often because I, I, it's a good reminder. I'm not exaggerating. Y'all all think I'm crazy. He changed the way I look. Amen. Say what? I took that picture. I sent it to my friend at the time. She's my wife now. I was like, Miranda, look, I'm not who I used to be. Can you believe it? He delivered me from my sin. He forgave my sin. He gave me his spirit. He went deep down and found every demon from hell and ripped it out like a cat clawing up the couch and you're throwing it out the door. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is that we serve a faithful God. He does abundantly above all more than we can even ask, it says, or even think, church. We put God in a box and we don't mean to do it, good-hearted Christians. But the exhortation, Brother Mason, is to ask for the mountain because he doesn't stop at a molehill. He'll give you all the power to speak to that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And it happens. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me tell you what. Like I said, sometimes resolution isn't immediate. Sometimes that prayer closet gets visited for the same need all over and over. And brothers and sisters, every day, every week, every month. Can I be honest? Marissa, we're so glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. We'd be lying if we told you we didn't love you and prayed for you on a regular basis. Your sister is still in that prayer need. I don't care where she's at. I want to make sure that she is right with God. Amen. It ain't about this church, but by golly, we love everyone in this church enough to know that we will continue to pray for our children. I don't want to see if I have kids. I don't see anyone in a jail cell or worse in hell. I don't want to see them stuck in a hospital bed for their wrong decisions. I believe that we all as humans will make mistakes. But by golly, I know that God is faithful to keep us from give God praise hallelujah hallelujah yes he does church I love my Jesus I figured out a long time ago that I'm just a little bit crazy for the Lord and it's okay I get a lot of look at this I get like this guy's kind of weird I don't know about this guy but that's okay I think there's a freedom when we come to a point that Jesus is everything that I'll ever need. And it's okay if I act a little bit crazy because I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I know men who find that trophy wife can't shut up about, oh man, she is fine. Whoo, can you believe, how did I get her? Come on now. If there's a man who is willing to act a little silly and brag about his woman, I serve the God who spoke and the world's were created. I'm going to brag on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Uh, look at first Corinthians chapter 10 and I'm not reading a passage. I just want to look at a verse. You don't have to turn there, but uh, sister Elizabeth, if you could pull that up. Mm. As you're turning, if you want to, to first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I want us to look at just this one verse, but as you're turning there, I want us to, to, to be reminded when you see in that verse three, what does it say? That God is faithful, that keeps us from 
evil. Boy, does that sound familiar to anybody in this house? Y'all know what you're talking about. The Holy Spirit listened, wrote the whole Bible. Whether that was Moses, David, whether that was Daniel, the prophet, Ezekiel, Joel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, we're talking about Peter, wrote uh, First and Second Peter, Paul the Apostle. I don't care who penned it, who dictated it, uh, who wrote it, but the Holy Spirit was dictating. The Holy Spirit wrote all of it. Therefore, the entire book is related on all verses. That's why there's no contradictions, because there's one author. Listen, where does that remind you of that? He keeps us from evil. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but Ooh, glory to God. He can do it, church. That's why we ask for it, because we know what we ask. He's going to give. Amen. We have not because we ask not is what Jesus said. Hallelujah. He is faithful, church. It says there hath no temptation. Watch this taken unto you, but such is common unto man. No temptation taken unto you, but such is common unto man. But God is, God is, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Keyword, watch. He will not suffer you to be tempted more or above that which you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Hallelujah. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. This is also what happens to be where people unfortunately get the impression that God won't quote put on you more than you can bear. That's actually not true. He tends to do just that simply to remind us that without him, we can do. You see, when people say, well, pastor, it's okay because the Lord's not going to put on me more than I can bear. That's not what it says. That's where they derive the philosophy, the, the theology, but that's not what it says. Honey, God's going to smack an anvil on you to make sure we are broken of our pride so we can say, I give up, God. It's all you. Y'all follow? He said in there, not, not the load, he said temptation. That means when I'm walking in my garden of even Eden and that serpent likes to say, oh, did God really say, why don't you look at this website? Y'all know what I'm talking about, men. When that apple is presented, that temptation is what it says. That temptation won't be so great of a burden on your pulling that you won't be able to say no. So glory be to God. When all hell breaks loose, it's going to happen in a sense that, yes, it's more than I could bear because that's the load of my life that I put in God's hands. But when the devil says, hey, why don't you uh, come to this party? We're going to uh, get, get some guys together and go drinking. That's what it's talking about, church. As a Christian, hear me. God's not going to allow the serpent to come to you with an apple so delicious that you physically cannot resist that temptation of sin. That means, listen, and I, I, I love what uh, Brother uh, Wilk, not Wilkerson, Ravenhill, he said, it's not that we won't sin, it's that we don't have to. Here I want to say, he said, it's not the issue that we won't sin. It's the issue that you don't have to sin. God has positioned us through true deliverance, mind you, not just the where the uh, what would Jesus do bracelets, uh, 
claim I'm coming to the church, go to the altar and say, listen, hear what I'm saying is that it's not just that confession, but when one is genuinely born again, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Their desire is to pursue after God. Y'all don't have to be animated like me and crazy to follow hard after God, okay? So understand, that's not the measure. Your salvation is not in decibels, but it is in discipline, amen? To the heart, hallelujah. So that said, is that when temptation comes, he said, watch this, God is faithful, but will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation, next, also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. One of the most popular passages of all of Scripture, including the world who quotes this, the woman caught in adultery. And we love that because we recognize that no one wants to get stoned here for their sin. And praise God, Jesus was there to offer redemption. But the credits didn't roll until after Jesus, after not condemning her, calling the religious sect for who they were, forgiving her. The credits didn't roll until after he said, go and sin no more. So yes, there's no condemnation. There is redemption, but it's an invitation to stop sinning. But church, yes, we're human. Hallelujah. We'll make mistakes, but hear what I'm saying. There is not a God is faithful. So much so with the trustworthiness that when he gives you his spirit, he has given you the power to say no, Satan. God did say, and I resist the temptation to fall into sin. Y'all hear me? Hallelujah. So when we sin, we have an advocate with the father. When we fall into it, we remind ourselves that God is faithful, that God is trustworthy. I'm going to say that again, that God is faithful and that God is trustworthy. Even when we're not, he retains his promises. He retains his promises, church, the same that he did to Israel when even he was tempted to wipe them all out. And Moses said, no, God, remember your promises. God remembers his covenant with his people. God remains steadfast. God replenishes our lack and God restores our soul. Amen. Now, verse four, verse four, that same passage, a quick noteworthy point. This is uh, talking about godly leaders. And I forget who it was this morning that specifically, God, forgive me about my dress. Um, that prayed for our leaders. That was you, Blake, right? As soon as you said that, I thought about my notes. I was like, oh, amen. We need to pray for our pastors. That's not selfish. The devil is coming hard after me because I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, threat. Sorry, that's a good one. I'm looking around at all the people that have good words and stuff. I'm like, so yeah, and I definitely have not come to you with excellency of words, right? Like Boss Paul says. But pastors are a threat to the kingdom of darkness because it's their job to present the truth in love. And that will bring deliverance. It's God that has chosen the foolishness of preaching to convert the sinner, it says. Amen. So godly leaders, he says, have confidence, it says, in the Lord for others, especially those in his or her care. Meaning, in this case, for me, to you guys, Heart of Worship Church, that I can have confidence in the Lord, in the Lord, not in you, but confidence in the Lord for your behalf, right? Did y'all see that? In verse 4. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both watch this do and it was and, and 
Let's say it together. We'll do. Come on. We'll do. So watch. Did you catch that? He's saying, I have confidence in God concerning you that you will do and you will do. And I like both of them because right now I know people and I can name the names who are doing the will of God. But I can also name some names, Brother Jacob, which I won't, who I'm still believing God will do. Y'all see, y'all follow. It may not be right now, church, but God is faithful and his desire is salvation that no matter who you are, whether you're doing, I'm believing God as the leader of this church with Pastor Glenn, that if you are not in the do category, you are going to be in the will do category. Man. Hallelujah. We've got to do the will of God, church. Or we just hang it up right now. If we don't want to be the church and we just want to be a social club, I'd rather lock the doors, turn out the lights and say, Elon Musk, cancel the internet. We're done. We need to have a church that's actually a light in the darkness. And in order to do that, we have to do the will of God. Remember, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? Have I not, not done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, the work of iniquity. But what does he say? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but they that do. Father. So we can do good works, but that don't amount to hill of beans. Doing good works can send us to hell, but doing God works will bring us to heaven. Amen. Amen. And part of that work is salvation by faith alone, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to look where I'm at right here. So you're either doing the will of God or in, in a church setting under the leadership of godly leaders like the Apostle Paul, you will be, do, will do. So if you ain't doing If you ain't doing, listen to this. I prophesy in this place by the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of his son spilled on Calvary's cross 2000 years ago for your salvation that one day you will. I'm going to say that again as pastor in this place. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Everyone here under the sound of my voice. If you are right here and you're not yet serving God, you will. Because I'm going to drag you to heaven screaming. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to close with this. 1 Peter chapter 4. Yes, Lord. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. And if y'all heard me preach, y'all know, know where I stand on life. God does not deliver us from every trial. He brings us through the trial. He doesn't always remove every mountain. He, as the, uh, as the philosophers uh, and, and theologians talk about the, the strengthening of the hooves for us as sheep or goats to climb over that mountain. Y'all hear me talk about all the time about the reality of life hitting a Christian harder than it was even before. But the Bible does declare this. I want us to read this together. First, first Peter chapter four, verse 12. Everybody have a say amen. amen. It says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is before you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't be surprised, church, when things get crazy as a Christian, but rejoice, verse 13, and as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory 
shall be revealed. He may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be a reproach, watch for the name of Christ. Happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you and on their part. He is evil spoken of. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin. Listen at the house of God. And if it first began at us, remember he's talking to the church. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? That's a that's a throat swallower right there. And last two verses, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit to to the keeping of their souls in well-doing as unto a what? Faithful creator. You see, church, this is why some people don't believe in God, one, or believe that he's there, but he's a tyrant. They have a false perception of who God is if they even believe there is a God because they've been sold a lie even by the church about God allowing you to be completely oblivious to all your problems. He's the healer, savior, deliverer. All those are true. But what happens is church, listen, when you get born again, you earn a new enemy. You joined a different side. So think it not strange as though some strange thing happened upon you upon the fury trial, which is before you, but rejoice. It says in verse 13, as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, Christ suffered, we're going to suffer, but the suffering is an investment for eternity. Because when we pass the test here, brothers and sisters, we get to rejoice in the glorification there. Amen. Hallelujah. And this, that said, is the faithful creator the point. Listen to me, not just your ability to say, nah, not today, Satan. You can put whatever you want in front of me. My God is faithful who will establish me and keep me from. And secondly, and lastly, that he's faithful by his spirit, as it says here, keeping of their souls and doing as unto a faithful creator. So when we suffer, we can trust that our God will get us through. Amen. When we suffer, and it's not if, it's when we suffer, God is faithful to see us through. When we are tempted, God is faithful to see us through. But it's important that not like Peter, look at the winds and waves, knowing that now it's time to do this. Oh, yes, yes, God, uh, I submit to you because he is trustworthy. We put so much investment and trust into politicians. We put so much trust and investment into our our financial systems, our jobs, our businesses that we start. We have so much trust in all of the things of the world. But the one who is the most trustworthy is unfortunately the least trusted. The Lord is faithful. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.